This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Digital Health Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Nasser Nizami, Executive Vice President and Chief Information and Digital Officer of Thomas Jefferson University in Jefferson Health in Philadelphia. Nasser, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Pleasure to be here with you, Laura. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So I uh, have been in my role uh, with Jefferson for almost uh, five years now, where I'm responsible for both of our university and um, health system. And as of last November, uh, a pair plan that we acquired last year. Um, uh, we have really grown uh, from three hospital to 18 hospital and, and a pair and, and a hospital in just a matter of eight years. Uh, prior to j- uh, joining uh, Jefferson, I was with New York Presbyterian, another academic medical center in New York. And before New York Presbyterian, I was with Yale New Haven Health System in Connecticut. So my career has been in IT, in healthcare, in academic medical centers. Absolutely. Wow. So you've got so much experience and, and um, really have had the opportunity to grow and develop within the healthcare space. Um, what are you most excited about right now? What's really out there that you're seeing and thinking that it could really make a difference in the future? That's a difficult question because I'm, I'm a person, I'm a kind of person who gets easily excited about <clears throat> things. So well, I'll mention two or three things that I think uh, uh, one is uh, uh, artificial intelligence and predictive modeling. I think uh, the, the, that the healthcare industry as a whole have been slow to adopt AI, and for good reasons. We have to be cautious, but I think that the time is right for to to scale it significantly and uh, uh, to improve operations, reduce costs, improve outcomes, uh, improve patient experience, so on and so forth. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, we just recently launched a dashboard with a predict- predictive model uh, that help identify cases at high risk of needing blood trans- transfusion. So this is a direct example of patient care. Another example is we've been using for some time now um, a cloud-based uh, uh, system based on AI that scans uh, CT uh, images. Uh, and um, if, uh, according to the algorithm, uh, if, if, they detect, uh, if it detects uh, a high risk of a stroke, it in real time alerts uh, the the physician, so the physician can take action. So uh, these are, I think, baby steps, but uh, in the long run, this, this I believe these are really transformative and really excited about it. Second thing I'll mention is automation. It sometimes goes hand in hand with uh, things like AI, but not necessarily. We have been on automation for a couple of years now, and I think sometime last year we crossed the pivot point where I see it scaling. We started at Jefferson uh, in uh, non-clinical areas, started mainly in revenue cycle, but then expanded it to sourcing, IT, HR, and now we're moving clinical areas. And this is really, uh, we see it as an answer to a number of, um, you know, um, areas of improvement, uh, reducing cost, improving quality in some areas, addressing the shortage of workforce. Uh, but I, I really believe that Automation uh, is our future. Last thing I'll mention is uh, perhaps uh, just the move towards digital health uh, and the cultural change that have happened uh, both 
um, and among the providers and the patients. I think uh, uh, during COVID, we saw a pretty significant increase in adoption of uh, technologies like telehealth. And I think post-COVID, we are seeing just a general uh, adoption of digital technologies, whether it's to make appointments or follow up or communicate with physicians and everything in between. So just some examples where I think that IT is, and as a being a technologist, I, technology is really making a difference, and therefore I'm excited. Absolutely. I love that. And I love those very specific examples, especially thinking about having and in, in how AI and predictive modeling integrates into the healthcare system, um, both clinically as well as operations uh, on that side of things. And then Automation, too, I know is making a huge difference for healthcare organizations that are able to implement it effectively. But I really think the last thing you mentioned um, in terms of the cultural shift in digital health is so important and, and perhaps one of the more trickier aspects of it. Uh, you know, I know Jefferson has always been kind of on the forefront and very innovative, um, but for organizations, you know, that maybe aren't so much on the forefront of digital transformation and those kinds of things, being able to change the culture internally as well as meet the needs of the patients as they change, it seems like would be really important. And, you know, how were you able to um, work with your team members on the clinical side as well as the business operations to buy into the, some of these changes and really make sure that you've got a culture set up so that as digital transformation occurs, it's not a, a challenge in the change management side of things? I think you really highlight a very important point. This technology is, is there, and technologies have been around in different uh, industries for quite some time, uh, And but but really the biggest barrier have been the culture, and both within IT, within clinical community, within patients, uh, across the board. And we've been, I've been fortunate to uh, be working at Jefferson at the right time, as is, you're absolutely right, Jefferson, is uh, one of the leading healthcare organizations when it comes to adoption, uh, innovation, and technological disruption. So uh, I think uh, one, uh, baby steps. Uh, secondly, uh, I'd say that the entire team needs to be on board. Uh, it cannot be IT-led. It cannot also be just clinical, clinically-led. It has to be a joint effort by operations, by clinicians, by technology, um, because there's there significant impact if done right and with a scale in mind, especially, uh, uh, there uh, you can really uh, make a difference if everyone is on board. A uh, lot of education, I think, team building, uh, and just baby steps, one thing at a time. There are a lot of very isolated use cases that we worked on in automation. We started slow. Uh, we proved the value, we, we showed the ROI as a team, and once uh, we were able to demonstrate uh, solid metrics, we saw rapid adoption and buy-in from our leadership, and that's, I think, another critical part. When I uh, go and um, talk about digital, uh, our chief medical officer, or CMO, is with me. Our CNE is, is with me. I'm never doing it by myself. And that lends a great deal of credibility to what uh, we are trying to do. And, and, and in all honesty, it's not IT-driven or IT-led, I should say, at all. Right? It is a joint effort. And our executives like chief CMOs, our CNE, our chief operating officer, our chief quality officer are uh, you know, fully aligned and really my uh, partners in, in the innovation that is happening at Jefferson. 
That's really great to know. And thank you so much for going through all that. I, I think it's so helpful for organizations as they make those transformations and shifts. Now, what aspects of healthcare do you see as being primed for IT disruption at the moment? Oh, boy. All right. So, um, all right. So, there, there are many, first of all. Uh, healthcare has been lagging when it comes to, I think, uh, adoption of digital technologies in more, I guess, bleeding technologies. Uh, if you just think about biomed, uh, the age of a typical piece of equipment like a CT or MRI machine can easily be 10 years. So, so there's certainly a big, big gap. Uh, but let me start with just a, the, the broad trend first. Uh, so patient care, I think, is already moving from acute care to emergency setting. That's already happening. Uh, I believe that the next big wave will be uh, hospital at home which is a few years from now to scale, really, but we are already taking steps. We are already seeing increase in use of telehealth and virtual services. It's start, it started in COVID. It's happening now. Uh, uh, it, in the midterm, next perhaps two to three years, uh, maybe four years, I think that the remote patient monitoring, uh, especially for chronic care and subacute and postacute, will increase significantly. Uh, and the use of technology, I believe that health systems will be able to provide a very high level of care to patients who are remote. Uh, and ultimately, I think a lot more care, acute level care is going to be at home, which we, I think we all are calling the hospital at home, even though there is no set definition. But if I think five years or seven years time frame, that is the direction. I, I feel very confident that the technological advances that are have already happening and already are in the works are going to enable uh, the way we, we provide care and really push towards more care at home. Um, I think that, the you know, again, the, the adoption of digital technologies, advancement in remote patient monitoring are really opening doors uh, for new ways of care. Another area I'll just mention is that um, patient experience is prime for IT, and I think I may get in trouble uh, because uh, of, of the calls that uh, typically vendors follow after these kind of comments, but uh, look, uh, patient experience, uh, consumer experience, if you look at other industries, banking, retail, et cetera, we are nowhere close to that kind of experience for patients. Uh, but I, and, and I don't see any solutions out there either. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of investment. I think there are a lot of startups and a lot of organizations that are trying to make a difference, and uh, kudos to them. Uh, but there's not, you know, uh, a focus around I think metrics, KPIs, uh, return on investment value is just uh, not well articulated. But uh, there's certainly a strong case to be made that that this is this area of patient experience in general is is ripe for disruption. Got it. I, I think that's a really great point, and definitely it seems like something that healthcare organizations, hospitals, and health systems are really thinking about a lot. And, you know, could be a differentiator on the strategic level for them going forward in terms of the patient experience and drawing in additional patients in the future. Now, considering everything we've talked about, what are some of the top challenges that you're preparing for over the next year or two? So there are plenty of challenges. Like we're just coming out of COVID. And when I say we is healthcare system and our entire nation, uh, entire world, but uh, certainly uh, healthcare systems were at the forefront of responding to COVID, and um, everyone took a big hit uh, financially, uh, just uh, bandwidth-wise, 
uh, you know, uh, the morale. It's just uh, it's been tough two years for us. So uh, in no particular order, I think we, in next two years, uh, r rising cost, um, decreasing revenues uh, are going to pose a challenge and they will have direct impact on, uh, you know, investments in technology. Uh, I think talent acquisition and retention is a top priority for us now, and I don't see that changing in foreseeable future. There is a huge shortage of talent across the board in healthcare, certainly nursing, physicians, but in IT. And, and the unique thing about uh, most of technology talent is that they can easily move to other industries. A network engineer is a network engineer. They can work in a hospital or in a bank. doesn't really matter. So if you're facing, uh, facing that, a challenge, uh, and uh, we we'll feel confident that we are going to be okay at Jefferson. It certainly will take effort, and we are doing everything in our um, power to 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 deal with it. Uh, supply chain issues, I think, is a more transient issue, but issue nonetheless that I think probably is going to stay with us for another year or so. Uh, we have some significant uh, back order equipment uh, replacements that we are not able to find in. Indirect um, and direct, I think, impact on the cost. Uh, you know, due to inflation, uh, the, the equipment cost, the, the network gear, the desktops, etc., cetera, uh, have increased significantly. Um, so I guess those that would be, uh, I would say, three top challenges, and there is a long tail of other uh, things like cybersecurity and so forth. But that 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 would be my, I guess, top three. Absolutely. I, I think all of them are absolutely kind of critical and top of mind for um, obviously Jefferson, but then other healthcare systems as well. And, you know, one of the things I noticed is looking at um, some of the shortages and especially talent acquisition, um, obviously are increasing costs within the healthcare system. From your perspective, you know, how are you thinking about um, the IT department and, and what how it's going to have to shift in order to meet some of these needs, especially as hospitals and health systems may not have the same budgets as they did before the pandemic, um, you know, to to invest. But at the same time, technology is becoming such an important part of operations at the health system and, and being able to deliver care to patients. Yeah, so look, I mean, some of the some of the changes. That's a great question for Solana. Some of the changes are already happening or happen. So the biggest change I think that happened in the last two years for and technology teams across, I think, uh, the industry and other industries is uh, remote work or work from home. I think that's here to stay. Uh, in our case, uh, is going to be hybrid uh, work, uh, and I believe the flexibility is going to be key to uh, retain and recruit talent. Um, you know, uh, I think, uh, uh, practically speaking, most of the work can be done remotely, but the culturally, uh, it's difficult because uh, our physicians, our nurses, our clinicians are showing up day in, day out, and uh, we need to meet uh, them where they are. Uh, but flexibility is going to be key. Hybrid work is uh, the future. I can't um, emphasize enough the importance of having a pipeline uh, of talent, uh, in our case, being out, uh, you know, in uh, local uh, with local universities, part partnership with local universities, partnership with uh, um, colleges, um, and uh, I'm really proud of a partnership that we forged with a local not-for-profit organization who trains um, uh, young adults um, uh, with um, 
uh, in underserved areas uh, and and then place them uh, at uh, places like Jefferson. So, so we're really proud to partner and we, we have uh, made a handful of hires and that's um, you know one of the things that we are going to continue to to just uh, focus on. And, and then look, uh, people, I, I say this with pride, that people join Jefferson, organizations like Jefferson, particularly Jefferson, because of our mission. Um, you know, uh, and, and the best people, the best suited people for Jefferson are, are, are individuals who believe in improving life. That is our mission. We improve lives. Uh, and we are in healthcare and research and education business. Uh, we are here to serve our communities. So uh, in my experience, individuals who relate to our mission are the are individuals who are uh, happy, uh, who have uh, long tenure at Jefferson, and who are the best fit for Jefferson. And these are individuals who are, I think, going to stick with Jefferson for the long, uh, in the long run. Uh, and that's the kind of talent we, we try to attract and retain. That's amazing. Nasser, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Likewise, thank you again for having me on the podcast, and I too look forward to connecting again soon.